Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Hello, everybody, and welcome to 2022 again. This is Talk Cosmos, weekly leading-edge conversations, awakening your authentic self for soul growth. And our topic tonight, really on May, no, it's not May, thank you, it's January 9th, 2022, with the Planet Buzz panel, addresses this entire uh process because we're talking about the upcoming nodal access that on the 18th of January will shift from Gemini North Node to Taurus North Node with different another ruler and also with the South Node leaving which we're still presently in as I speak which because it's going to be another nine days from now but the South Node moving from Sagittarius ruled by Jupiter to Scorpio ruled by the modern ruler of Pluto. And one can say since May, that's how my brain was thinking, it was remembering back, thank you, for, of 2020 when the nodes entered the ones that were just departing, Gemini Sag, we concentrated on redetermining our belief structures with new information, communication, where we well know that path in many ways of experience. And we're focusing now on another collective energy because the North Node uh, relates to the uh, our well, the South Node relates to where we've come from, and this is on a collective basis at this time since we're talking about the current ones, not the ones that we were born during. And its polarity opposite is the North Node that we're integrating to have soul growth and develop further that where we've been from with new experiences, just like a vacation, right? You want to go somewhere. Well, guess what? We are leaving a Scorpio energy soon to enter a Taurus energy. And that's what this talk will be about in with my wonderful members on the panel. So essentially, in a nutshell, this energy concerns resources both material and personal. And the question in many ways will toggle around, what's the value? Okay, we are ready for Planet Buzz. Ecliptic orbital cycles and planetary pairs called synodic cycles connecting the planets at the same degree that begin our relationship. These are the members of Planet Buzz. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, host of Talk Cosmos, an evolutionary astrologer and consultant plus a certified color energy coach. I explore creative expression as an artist, a musician, and write abundantly, stories to poetry. I love investigating mythology's language, philosophizing eternity, and I'm a perpetual student of life, seeing oneness of body, spirit of people, animals, and nature. I'm Leslie Francis author of the 2019 and 2020 Llewellyn Sunsign books, a practicing professional astrologer intuitive, a lecturer, 
and host of my own podcast, Coloring Outside the Box. My lifelong search to understand what it is to be human led me to develop my own approach to astrology called Purpose-Centered Astrology. I passionately seek to support people in their greatest act of creativity, living life, through consultations and webinars. Creator of Star Cards, I love talking and making people laugh. And I'm Dr. Laura Tad. I have a PhD in human science and work as a spiritually oriented psychological astrologer with people around the world. I teach and lecture on astrology both in person and remotely. I have a blog. I have written for the Mountain Astrologer, Celestial Vibes, and Tarot.com. Additionally, I am the educational coordinator for Live Life Resources, an educational nonprofit specializing in resiliency training, education, and research. And as the ancient Hermetic Code reveals, as below, so above, as above, so below. Yes, indeedy, from there and still. And the title actually today for our audience is Cycles of Crisis, Inner and Outer. Now, that can be either way, from the outer into the inner and the inner from the outer. Well, hello, Leslie and Laura. It's always such a treat to connect again on this subject. And it is about, of course, with these rulers, Venus and uh, Scorpio, transforming our relationships and resources. So I will leave that little opener for either one of you that wants to dive in. (laughs) And we're just going to wait to see who goes first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's the motivations uh, here? Always, yes. <laughs> um, well, just to give the stuff a little context for folks that maybe aren't familiar, right? So the nodal cycle is roughly, you know, 18 and a half years or so, give or take. And so we, while we've all experienced the nodes in these signs before, they haven't been here since 2003. Um, So that's helpful, maybe just to help frame stuff for folks in terms of um, just to give some context before we go deeper into it, that we, that while not super regular, like the moon changing signs every two and a half days, there is a, a cycle here that we are, have some familiarity with, with these archetypes of, of resources and what, what we have, what we value, what and I tend to think too of resources because in our culture we get so close-minded around resources and thinking of them as material wealth or material goods, as opposed to resources are innate skill sets or innate value as beings on the planet. And this period of time that we'll be in for the next 18 months um, to be a time of reassessing what we have to bring to the table. What are our implicit resources that we have to offer the world? And what have we had that we need to let go of, right? That's part of that South Node and Taurus of taking the what we've had in the past with us forward, but also assessing what it is that we can let go of as we move ahead. South Node in Scorpio. Sort of Scorpio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's okay, yeah. <laughs> Moving yeah. towards the the Taurus, yeah. Energy. And Leslie, you picked up on that when I had not to leave this, but to go back to the word motivational. 
uh, are not motive. Yeah, motives, because motive and intentions. Boy, I think of are, are huge concepts with our South Node. Just that you're relating to there, Laura. Well, yes, you yes. know, it, it, I think it's interesting that you know I always visualize Taurus as, as the you know the little plant in the spring. Of course, I'm talking Northern Hemisphere here. Mm-hmm. Um, where the plant emerges from the soil and begins its growth pattern and looking for sunshine and moisture. And the interesting thing about that is there is a strong survival instinct to the sign of Taurus. Uh, and as the as we come out of the North Node in Gemini and move into the North Node in Taurus, I think we're being asked to take any ideas or, or thought processes that we've had and begin to apply them in a physical way that supports us valuing ourselves and supports, you know, discovering new resources, perhaps within, perhaps without, because of course Uranus is wandering around in Taurus and asking us to change a, a lot of how we frame the whole notion of what value is, what resources are, not just personal, not just in, internal, but our external and how that manifests. I, I, I think that Uranus and Taurus is, is really asking us to shift our perspective to some degree inward because I always see the outer planets as an invitation to go within. Exactly. It is so true when the values, you know, Taurus is a yin sign. It's a receptive sign too. And Venus is our desires, but it's that feeling. Anyway, it's very connected, all of that to the personal realm. And, you know, I love this because if we're talking about power and empowerment, which has a lot to do with a Scorpio of exchanging resources, one needs to have their own self rooted in their own authenticity, which, of course, relates to Uranus also. I mean, there's many uh, aspects here that are driving in this need to get to get well, real. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I've been thinking a lot about the word authenticity lately. And and I think we, we run into some major problems if we decide that in the past we weren't authentic. Perhaps, you know, we're redefining what our authenticity is. We're stripping away, which Uranus likes to just, you know, know, if you're not ready to let go of the dead wood, it's going to make you at least have a look at it, whether, you know, you, as we well know, transits and progressions are invitations, (laughs) especially if you're talking about internal growth. Yeah. As, As the North Node moves into Taurus, Venus is retrograde. So that's highly significant, connected to Pluto, which is the ruler of the South Node. So this is really a time when we have to examine the foundations upon which we have built our lives and ask ourselves if they're actually functioning in a way that promotes growth as opposed to stagnation. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because our who we may have been off our authentic selves last for this previous cycle, right? 19 years ago was our authentic self then, but time has passed and we may be a different, our authentic self has shifted in 
the two decades since we last lived into these transit or into these aspects. So absolutely that that shift and that reassessment, yeah, super significant with Venus being retrograde because that's just in and of itself is a time of reassessing what we value. And then yeah. you, that just gets turned up to 11 with these nodal shifts <laughs> of like, no, not like a little whisper that we get sometimes, right? I mean, I always tell clients, the gods get louder, we don't listen. Right. That well, I, I, I do think it's, it, you know, be, you know, between the, you know, the energy of Pluto in the last couple of years and Uranus just moving into Taurus with the North Node in Taurus, it, it's as you said, Laura, it, this is a, you know, a moment of, of truth. That's why we called it in, in the title of our show today, a crisis, because it, it is a crisis. And, and I know people don't really want to hear that word because <laughs> the last couple of years have you know, it's like, could we have, do we have to have more crisis? Uh, <laughs> could we opt out? Is it- yeah. Well, we can. And that's a beautiful part in a sense. I mean, the external is it's that whole relationship between internal and the manifesting of the external and the perception. We, if nothing else, we're learning now our perceptions can change and they really develop how we see things. Half full glass, half empty glass. I mean, it's just one simple illustration. But really this idea from our, um, we had a little pre-chat and this whole idea of transference of life into resources of where they are within and the, and the earth and our and the common terms, there it's um, a lot, a big platform. Well, and I think maybe part of that too is even changing our relationship with the concept of crisis. Something hitting a crisis point, it's hitting a tipping point. It's saying you no longer have the option to back burner, you have to change. And that doesn't have to be a bad thing. That's part usually of it, right? Good. It's usually, it's like, oh, right, no. Okay, what you're doing isn't working. So change rather than try to continue to do what you, right? The whole, like, you can't do what you how you did it before. It doesn't work. So you have to do it differently. Well, the irony of this, of course, is the pressure can be there, but the person still has to choose. It reminds me, uh, uh, when I was a journalist, I, I went to this workshop conducted by one of the pioneers of the codependency movement. His name was Robert Subby, and uh, he said something that blew my little Aquarian circuits, which was that change is inevitable, growth is optional. I thought, it's optional? (laughs) That had never occurred to me. Well, it's true, isn't it? And what we're really talking about is consciousness. So it is a matter, and there is well considered that consciousness is expanding and more being shared in a in a in the consciousness that we're um, in this together that it's not just for the me but the we but uh which means that with that collaboration or cooperation is just that it's give and take a little and so it is rather uh it's a good option but yes it's interesting well, I, I- you know, we've seen that, you know, when the nodes were in Gemini Sagittarius, how, how many people wanted to stick to their, mm-hmm. what they believe are their tried and true belief systems. And we're not really interested in, in taking in any new information whatsoever. So I think that it's going to be fascinating for those people as the nodes 
shift into Taurus Scorpio. So do we see people trying to hang on to whatever they perceive their power to be because the loss of that power is the loss of a sense of security. Mm -hmm. I, when you think about, you know, these, it, we, we, when we're talking about the nodes, we often forget that they operate together <laughs> and sometimes they feel like they're opposite each other. And I know each of us could probably give examples of how that's worked in our personal lives. You know, the, those moments when you realize, oh, you know, I really need to use what I already have to create the growth to go forward, not I'm going to stay over here and I'm going to dig my heels in, which is very Scorpio Taurus, by the way, um, <laughs> fix. Uh, and I'm, I'm just not budging and you can't make me. <laughs> yeah, I think it's one of the things that can get forgotten sometimes with that nodal access in that from a personal, the native astrology level of, oh, well, going from the south node to the north, you don't abandon what you've mastered in the south node. It's how mm -hmm. to integrate that with uh, the archetypal polarity. And so nope. how do we collectively, what will be asked of us these next 18 months, right? The powerful energy that is Scorpio and transformative energy move into something that has stability and staying power and not so much constant upheaval and change. And so where can we create, whether it's personally or globally or internally and spiritually, some sort of sense of discipline and steadiness instead of sort of always waiting for the floor to drop out? Well, I like to call the South Node your default position. Sure. <laughs> your default position. And uh, and, and, you know, it, it's interesting because I do think that on a more subtle level, uh, because it is the moon, we need to recognize that as we're watching where the transiting nodal axis is, it would be a good idea to see what kind of relationship that has. If, if for the astrologers out there, what kind of relationship it has to your, your natal axis and, and, and how that might be facilitated like for instance my north node is aries and my south node is in libra so there's there's a similar vibe it's not the same but i don't know where i was going with that i think i got lost well that's okay and we'll get into our personal it's great i'll i'll flash back or forwards however this works with the rulers because i think we're asking like we're looking ahead and i love this idea of remembering the rulers change. In other words, who, as we're going in this new path, which has different um, developmental purposes, it's also who's talking to us and, and telling us stuff. And on the way we're, we're leaving is a transformational Pluto, which we've been working with now since I think 2008. And it's, it's a long uh, overhauling. And we know here in the United States and maybe the world that our natal, it's getting intense, another sign of, of transformation because of Pluto, because it's nearing the exact uh, natal position of Pluto, which will be on the 20th of next, 22nd of next month, February. But the point being in transformation, there's so many ways and how, but here we have what we're heading towards is Venus, which is very different from Mercury. Mercury communicates. Mercury, Mercury has uh, 
rules, two different signs that are still in the thinking process, even though it is a cycle pump and goes into the underground. But Venus is Taurus, which is visceral. It's the body. It's, it's, it's form with spirit in the form along with the relationships. So yeah, I think uh, the path of, of creating it is going to be like through our senses, through our food, through listening to our bodies. Oh boy, earth, food. Yeah, yeah please, <laughs> relationships. <laughs> yeah, well, and I mean, I think it's significant too that for this particular switch that we have the rulers of the nodes relatively close to each other. And then, you know, even once they're not in direct conjunction or aspect, they're in the same sign as each other through till March. Yeah. Right. When Venus finally gets out of Capricorn. So we have the rulers of these nodes doing this conjunction dance with each other for the first few months of the year. And I think it really just amplifies those archetypes of transforming what we value or how we value, how we assess value. And that can well, be at the physical, our bodies. How do we value, if our bodies are a temple, how well do we adorn that? How well do we honor that or not, right? And what needs to be reassessed or transformed that supports us in doing so? Well, I do think we also need to remember that uh, Mars eventually moves into Capricorn and forms a conjunction with both as, as, the, old, as the traditional ruler of the South Node, so they're all going to be together in Capricorn. So uh, February promises to be to pack a bit of a punch, I think. Yeah. Um, yes. Says yeah, the person who had. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, no, it's, it's just it's before that too. I think it's so before it, April. March Mars yeah. gets into Capricorn in January. They they, they can they conjunct. They have their new cycle, which I think we'll talk about on a different day. But um, yeah. their cycle, the Venus-Mars conjunction in Capricorn happens around my birthday. Yeah, February 12th or yeah. so. It looks like right yeah. now. Oh, I'm thinking right of Mars. Mars and Pluto. Okay, no, we're not. I was not talking about Venus and Mars. My apology. I was talking yeah. about Mars, Mars and Pluto. But okay, well, that, many, but, in interesting, but in an yeah. interesting way that will continue the cycle. Yeah. Even yes. though Venus has moved on and may even actually be in Taurus by the time that Venus, the Mars Pluto conjunction. It's a really interesting first three, four, five months of the year. You're right. There's so many dynamic needs, energies in order to get connected to the inner self, to trust that self. You know, if we, if we're trained as a society to consider the external all the time without trusting that our own path has its truth and, and, and necessity, because first of all, there's the reality is not all people have the jobs that they want. They have to defer their true desire of a job for so many different reasons. And so one's always making adjustments that seem external. And so that we need all these really strong experiences through these orbital energies to come in and kind of shake up the path. It kind of reminds me of um, 
not hop can maybe hopscotch i don't know i haven't played hopscotch in a long time <laughs> we should try it <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe at norwag we'll do it move we'll get our little squares here to get moved around yeah <laughs> hey maybe we should invent something called astrological hopscotch that could be Good i have no idea what that looks like but well now, Someone now. recently said to me that they have really a, a lot of trouble with my airiness because I, I an idea will pop in. Oh well, and, and then, then I have know, no but, structure but, yet. No, but this is <laughs> this is exactly what we're confronting on a two hundred year scale. A year ago, right when we started this wonderful YouTube process on Talk Cosmos, which is a show on the website for all those that are listening. Um, the conjunction, the great conjunction became the grand conjunction with Jupiter and and Saturn entering Aquarius, which is an air sign. So for 200 years, these social planets that kind of construct how our society is going every 20 years is going to be an airfield instead of the Earth. Well, you know, the three of us were in this little homemade book club where we we're reading Hermetica by Gary Caton, and I did read it, which is still a, quite a process to interpret and, and to uh, apply, as we all realized, and we're in the middle of it. But the point that registered with me, because I am a Gemini with my final dispositor in Gemini, Mercury, that's retrograde, <laughs> I do a lot of rethinking. Um, the point is, is that there's this alchemic alchemy idea that goes way back. You know, there was like in the Middle Ages, a lot of alchemy. And besides that, way back in the ancient times, we're trying to make gold and whatnot. But it's an energetic alchemy. And the idea that opposites really can't have a good integration unless they can align themselves with something on the side. And, and I'm saying it abstractly that way. But take air and earth for because in this criticism that was mentioned to you, these air ideas, which I think is great, the brainstorming, we have to elaborate and think of all the possibilities. That's that's Jupiter right now in Pisces. There's no barriers. It's just let the pump out you know, or pump it. You know. <laughs> Thank you. Because, But the problem is, is that for some folks that are accustomed to always having a form, you know, and seeing a template, how this is going to be, instead of from the creation process, how it's going to happen. Well, that is creation. Creation is not knowing the form necessarily. Exactly. Yeah. So I think we're on cue and we just need to get, I don't know, our our armor or just remember, go back to the self, a good example and say, yeah, these are the other person. That's the baggage of our society right now. And we're dealing with it. Well, we have, we've been notified a little time for a break. And I am with Leslie Francis and Dr. Laura Tad, and this is Planet Buzz, and we're talking about the new nodes, crisis cycles, inner and outer. We'll be right back. <laughs> Thank you. we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the yin period of Capricorn, ruled by Saturn, the furthest visible planet by the eye. By leaving a cycle based on meaningfulness and truth, Capricorn's energy establishes social boundaries 
in a structure incorporating rules, authority, and ethics. As a cardinal earth sign depicted by a sea goat climbing from the sea up to the top of a mountain, Capricorn overcomes fears through goals and ambitions to achieve mastery. Have you ever wished that you had a manual for your life? Begin the 2022 New Year by learning vibrational astrology, which opens up the intricate tapestry of planetary vibrations that we experience in our charts and in our lives and provides evidence-based insights. Whether you know the basics of astrology or have years of professional consultations, vibrational astrology brings a greater understanding of life, how to grow and develop personally, and how we might be more effective interacting with the world. Begin this journey in 2022 and join a new set of classes starting January 8th or put your name on the list of classes in May of 2022. Taught by vibrational astrology expert Linda Berry, alongside the Vibrational Research Group moderator and a co-author with Vibrational Astrology's founder, David Cochran, Linda Berry also created an add-on for David Cochran's exceptional Sirius and Kepler astrological software. To become involved, connect with Linda Berry at her website, astrosleuth.org, or email Linda at linda at astrologicaldepth.com for an opportunity to learn the manual for your life. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. Salutations from space. This is storyteller Gemini Brett, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk 1150 AM, where we peek through the veil at astrology's ancient archetypes. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 1150KKNW. Well, welcome back. This is Talk Cosmos. You know, we're a radio, all through radio, a YouTube, a podcast, and there's a website. You can check that out and find out about my wonderful guests and what we're doing. And I welcome everybody. I'm so glad to still be on the air. We're finishing up our fourth year and always coming up with some changes kind of the times of the times. I mean, whatever, I, that didn't make sense. But right now we're talking about new times, right? And, uh, and there's so many takeaway thoughts here that maybe we've mentioned and maybe we haven't. And some good questions. I know, Leslie, you have that wonderful out-of-the-box um, monthly or weekly. Uh, you do it periodically. Whenever. It's a whenever yes, yes. podcast. <laughs> and, and there's a question there that we can talk about. And then, of course, we can come if we have the courage here talk about how it's happening in our personal lives but some of these takeaway ideas here that were from notes is like things to replace but not life but we're breaking down what we value you know that's Uranus really happening along with there's all those outer planets are doing it I'm not doing it no we're we're responding with the energies right as above so below below as so above 
um, because Uranus is in a sudden breaking up the order, breaking up the, the rhythm. Pluto is transforming. It's got this whole herd of, of, of dwarf planets that now is in its corral. It's doing something in different areas on higher echelons of us. I've been taking classes with Alan Clay. It's a lot of fun. New Zealand astrologer. And then we have Neptune, the almighty. In many ways, I think Neptune's actually the limit. If we think of Pluto as now an outer space, really, truly outer space. And Neptune is in its own sign where it's just dissolving everything. And it's now joined forces with the old ruler. And it seems to me, and I'll stop here, which wasn't where I was heading, but I'm remembering. And something that you brought up before is the old and the new, the old and the new, the new and the old. Because Jupiter and Neptune united here in Pisces, uh, just like Saturn and uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Here, Saturn and 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 Uranus were are are actually still in Aquarius. It's just astounding how we're getting. They're square. They're not together. Oh, that's true. Square. Well, they have to get together in order to work it out. <laughs> <laughs> and that might that. be our problem. <laughs> anyway, thank you. So, what I'm getting at is some of this. The, um, Wealth is external resources. My goodness. But what kind of abundance do you have within? If we, right. What kind of abundance do you have within? In other words, if you've built your life to this stage, you can reframe it and build it in a different way. It doesn't always have to be exactly the same as it was. And, and that's, that's, you know, Taurus is, the sign itself can burrow so deeply into its its what it believes mm-hmm. its security is. You know, I often refer to it. So it, you know, recalibrating your life is not the same as redecorating your rut. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Take it away, Laura. <laughs> we'll try. <laughs> You know, the, the, the quote, you know, like you can't step in the same river twice, right? That that's like, so yeah, what you have. Okay. But yeah, that again, that idea of like change, change is inevitable. And it's how we all sort of look at astrology, right? The transits are happening, but the free will of us as humans is how do we choose to respond to the constant change? And that's that, well, maybe we'll grow or maybe we, find it so painful and uncomfortable. We do everything in our power not to or only grow a teeny bit because the it's so uncomfortable to let go of the things that we tell ourselves we need that we've actually outgrown and no longer serve us. But better the devil I know, so I'm going to hold on to it. You know what I was thinking here? This inspired a little thought, of course, that love, is that, okay, we're right within still the South Node of Sagittarius, which has everything to do about different cultures and language and different languages. So a lot of the the struggle and the glory in this whole transit that we're finishing up here is learning to interpret other people's languages, because just because we may have the same language, there's all these dialects. Now, you know that if you're going to learn German, there's high German, low German. You know that even if even Norway, where I have relatives, have two different kinds of Norwegians. Like what? 
and here in, in this country, we have many dialects depending from all kinds of reasons and how. So what I'm getting at is, is that this idea of trying to understand the one advantage of Mercury, I'll back up, is that it does speak in the grammar that we're used to. I mean, it uses the same letter structure that we're used to, right? It's words and things. But however, those words are related and, and put together, because we have poetry, we can have a thesis, whatever. But in Venus, it doesn't speak. It's a, you know, Taurus is a pre-verbal sign. And so you have to interpret, but we can use those powers if we're willing. And that body language. That in, yeah, exactly. And what's our body saying? You know, if it has an ache or a pain, I mean, there's whole belief structures around that. Louis Hayes, and uh, not Louis, Louise. Hayes. Louise. Well, there's even face reading. Mm -hmm. There, there's. Uh, well, let's face it. Humans have been very gifted at developing so many ways of trying to connect to their reality, both internal and external. Except, I think that the shift now is really because um, Scorpio asks you to do what I call emotional archaeology. Like mm -hmm. it always wants to dig deep. And so when the South node is in Scorpio, what, what deep inner resources do you bring to the table so that you can actually transform your life? So, the nodal shift actually will support that Uranus and Taurus mm -hmm. transit. So when they come together now, it may be somewhat unpleasant in some ways. It's funny because, you know, um, discomfort isn't really as bad as freezing yourself over. Or the attachment to it. Well, because we often do that. You know, I have a friend who recently said that her, she thinks in our society, our definition of emotional maturity is not to have any emotions at all. <laughs> oh, no. You know, oh, my goodness. So, we're, we're, you know, as we're, so even though we're talking about Taurus, and but we're also, you know, Scorpio takes you deep into your feeling realm. There is that integration that needs to take place that, you know, you can, as I said, redecorate your rut, but... But that isn't going to bring any level of satisfaction because I think that's also what this nodal um, transit is going to be about. What? How do you define personal satisfaction? Because that's very Venusian. What do I like? What is personally satisfying to me? And Did that make I, any sense at no, all? No, it does. And, and I know Laura's thinking here, and I appreciate the fact that you brought us back down, grounded us down into Scorpio, because, you know, it's one thing to look at it from the high realms of Gemini and Sag, theorizing and philosophizing and all that <laughs> jazz. But meanwhile, back at the ranch, <laughs> Scorpio goes, hey, guys, <laughs> this, well, is, yeah. this is, we're having And I think, feelings. you know, in Scorpio, I think that's where, a lot of resiliency is formed. And so, and that's maybe even been part of these last two years globally, right? Is a lot of resiliency having to be cultivated and, and accessed. And now, okay, now that we are as resilient as we have become, what are we gonna do about it? Which is the moratorium concretizing practical energy. 
that does get into, okay, and then what do we value? What is most important to do now that I have more resiliency? And if I go back out into the world to do things, what do I value the most to do or to present to the world? and of myself, what's the most important thing to do for my own physical well-being, my own emotional well-being, yeah, right? And, and even if I formed this resiliency and cultivated that, maybe it also means my meter for when I'm not able to deal with the crises of the world around me is much more attuned. And so I'm more likely to say, nope, I'm not, I'm going to go hibernate because I've gotten some resiliency, but I'm more attuned to when I'm being thrown by other people's imbalances. And so therefore I'm more able to assess when I need to prioritize self-care. That's really interesting because I think that we, you know, Scorpio energy by um, necessarily needs time and space to itself. So you spoke to that eloquently. It's, it's that, you know, when your circuits do get overloaded, go back into your self node, collect yourself. And instead of continuing to engage in a process that may or may not be taking you anywhere. And I wanted to also point out that the moon is exalted in Taurus. And so as much as we always talk about Taurus from a very physical perspective, and because we're talking about the lunar nose being in Taurus, there's still a feeling component to it. It's not necessarily an emotional component as much as it's a feeling component. Yeah, it senses, it's our eyes, our ears, our mouth, our tastes, our touch, which really segues into this idea, thinking of of what Laura and what you, Leslie, are speaking of, of going into the, 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 private time of the hidden realms as we internalize and psych with psychology to work with all the the great wealth really that's in Scorpio we could use those artistic means of expression you know a person can get a great deal of I love to paint I haven't in years or drawn but it's that making form on an artistic measure, even if one doesn't have a great experience with it, you know. And the other besides um, art is music. You know, music is also very Tarian and a Piscean energy. And that, of course, if, if, if you're not creating music, you can listen to music, you know, and, and still get transported into other dimensions that you're like a new language. Yeah, well, yeah that's yeah, go, I'm go just, ahead, Leslie. I'm just going to say, you know, it, it just twigged that we, we should be finding ways to nurture our sent, senses, you know. Uh, however, whatever that way that looks like, that was all I really wanted to say. Yeah, good. And, uh, yeah, and, yeah, well, Taurus yeah. governing our the sensory experience, right? I think, too, one of the thoughts I had had, just because I've seen with clients over and over again, that so with the, these are the lunar nodes, right? Every celestial object other than the sun has a node has nodes so and with the fact that in the moon is exalted in taurus i have seen that vulnerability of taurus to be loyal to a fault to be most commonly manifest with the taurus moon and that that will be part of this edge of growth as we figure out what we value 
right? And how we, what we place value on is the shadow of that being loyal to a fault and being, oh. whether that's people or industry or, you know, whatever that is saying like, well, this is what I've said. I believe this is who I said I loved. So I'm going to stay in this track in this lane because I've said that this is what's important to me, even if it's not true anymore. Yeah. Exactly. Consistency. I think it's partly consistency and it has that lack of, um, yeah. Well, no, uh, it, it's the whole notion that I once said this was valuable. How could it no longer be valuable to me? Like, well, and, and that's always, you know, the thing that, that gets them stuck. Plus, they're, you know, I, you know, people call them stubborn. I, I just say they're persevering. And so they just can't they have a difficult time Determined. understanding that they should let go of something if it's not working because their attitude is, well, if I just keep working hard enough at it, it, it will work. True. Yeah, yeah, it is one of those earth signs that gets connected archetypally with second house of and sixth house of, of daily application. And yeah, exactly for 12. Nurturing. I love that idea though. I really think, and we didn't bring up the chart interestingly here and it's, that's okay. Um, but well, we have know. time if you want to look at it. Well, we will. It's just that I think um, Nathan was going to, he's. Oh, oh, what did she lost do? Okay. Well, <laughs> well I, guess, I guess we're just going to keep talking. <laughs> so what should we do? <laughs> Welcome to Venus retrograde. Um, well, and Mercury's going retrograde soon, too. I don't in remember. In a matter of day. days, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do think. You yeah, talk just, about, well, do you want to talk about where it is in your chart? where this? Sure. Yeah, maybe that's what we do while she gets back on. Um, I mean, for me, I, it's my flip nodes. Right. So I'll, I don't get it for about a year, but I'll have a nodal opposition when they, because my nodes are 10. So it's a ways off before they get there. Um, you know, so it'll be when they change, they're not changing houses when they change signs yet for me. But, you know, so 11th or 10, 12th and 6th when it changes signs, then eventually it'll get into my uh, 11th and, and 5th as part of their cycle. Um, and so I think for me, more than the house placement, what becomes more significant is that even just by sign, it's the opposite of what I was born with. Um, and and the signs of these nodes just happen to be hugely dominant in my family. So there's layers oh, wow. of, I have the opposite nodes of my dad. My, so my dad's gonna have a nodal return. I'm having a nodal opposition. My stepmom and I have the same nodes. My grandfather and I had the same nodes. My grandmother has, my father has his mother's nodes, right? So it's just um, all over my family. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think that that will be part of it. It's hard to separate the fact that I know that that's this family karma that we all carry, that there will be something collectively, I would imagine, that's not just, oh, individually, okay, you know, my aspirations and, you know, creativity are going through some big soul karmic shifting when they get into the same houses as my natal nodes. Um, but how, but the fact that it's also family members that it'll 
it's going to be tied to that for sure. It's hard to imagine it would, it is going to be separate in any way. That's sort of what we value as family. And where you fit. And where we fit. And no, no, maybe funny, weird manifestation of it is my dad, because he lives in Europe. It's usually cheaper custom wise for him to have stuff sent to me. And then I send it to him because I can send it as a gift. Right. And, um, and so like that's going on right now. So in terms of like value and money and. <laughs> well, it's interesting because mine don't actually change houses either. They just wandered into my 10th house. Mm, maybe three, four months ago. I can't remember. And now, uh, I mean, I have Taurus Scorpio intercepted in my chart. So, and so that's, it, it seems to be continuing a, a pattern that was established by other things in my chart, but more excavation of family stuff, looking at ancestral stuff, but also, um, maybe taking some time out from, from outer activity to actually do some writing on my own with, without it having reference to mm. other people sure. and other processes. Just, uh, you know, talking about that, it moving into Taurus, like the North Node in Gemini can really get you into a lot of trouble, <laughs> especially <laughs> if you're an air sign like me, because then you, you, and I've got Mercury and Aquarius. So, uh, Oh, well, I can do this and I can do this and I can do this. And, and, and then like I had a, an event last month that made me realize I wasn't at all connected to what my body was telling me mm. that I was so in my mind that I forgot to check in and see how much energy I actually had to accomplish the 99 things I committed myself to. Most of which were not about me. They were right. about Something well, outside part of that's that Gemini, that social aspect of Gemini, right? Yeah. So it's like yeah. doing it for other people versus, yeah, I think, and I see some of that shift for me of even, I mean, like with what's the current numbers, I had several speaking things I was going to do in January that all just got canceled because, um, because of the COVID numbers. And so it was like, because it was all going to be in person and they pulled the plug last week and <laughs> nothing's happening. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so um, I think that that's part of that. Like I spent all this time putting together lectures and handouts and all this Gemini writing, right? And now and, you have it all done. <laughs> I have it all done and maybe I'll use it in March. Or, or not. Or whenever. Um, or yeah, or another time entirely. Um, and um, yeah, so I think that that can be part of like, so what have we, and in a, another way it could be if people are, have been gathering information, right? I always think of Gemini as the data gatherer, mm -hmm. right? Where Virgo analyzes it all in terms of the, the Mercury expression of both those signs that Gemini is the data gatherer. Right. So somebody then actually doing something with it is Taurian energy. You could create yeah, something with all the data that you have. Yeah, it makes sense. My brain is just you know, taking a zigzag course to wherever the heck it's going. Uh, I, I, 
Sue can hear us, but I guess uh, <laughs> she can't get herself back in because Nathan's not there. So our apologies to uh, all our um, all our listeners, fans, yeah. all our listen, whatever. Uh, <laughs> she said it's okay. It, it's a good thing that we both know how to talk well. <laughs> And apparently can do so at the drop of a hat. Yes. Which is very Gemini. So apparently we're still in the North. Right. North, North yes. Gemini. This end of. Um, which of course means that that. Yeah. Now I want to look in my ephemeris to see if Merc when Mercury goes retrograde. The North Node is still in Gemini. But whatever. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, yeah. It's, it's going to be a, a really fascinating period of, of time. And. It, it, you know, one of the things I said in my podcast that, that I did on New Year's Eve is not so much about making resolutions or plans, hi. more about <laughs> hi, more about setting intent and oh. then allowing your consciousness and your body to guide you in the right direction. Intention a, is everything. Thank yeah. you. Oh, blessings. I just went out in a little... Uh, cyberspace what, time. What did you yeah. do to yourself? Well, I, I was wondering that myself too. And isn't that the truth? We have to kind of catch up with ourselves. I guess maybe that's part of this. There's a, I don't know if I was underground with Scorpio or if I was out there with um, Uranus and, and Taurus having a little flash time, right? Uranus going do, 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 do. And you guys are great. Um, intention. Yes. Intention to be ourself. Intention to connect. Well, and I think we always are, right? I always think of, in the movie, I Heart Huckabees, one of the scenes, right? And it's all about existential psychology, basically, in part. But they start sitting around just going, how am I not myself? How am I not <laughs> myself? Like, is that, is that even a possibility? And it's not. So to some degree, you're always being authentic. Yeah. You can't not be yourself sort of well, like full complete possession right like you're always well, going to be yourself I, I think that people sometimes want to disconnect from what they have done in the past or been in the past because they're judging themselves and of course when we're looking at uh this venus pluto conjunction in capricorn being very connected to the nose it has everything to do with going back and asking yourself you know, how do you judge yourself? Are, are you, is it appropriate for you to judge yourself? You know, I have a saying, there's no such thing as a mistake, just a choice that has consequences you hadn't planned on. Well, there you go. That really says, <laughs> I was thinking my North node has been the current one in the ninth house and now it's just going into the eighth house. So I did take a deep dive. Now, while we still have a moment, I don't think much time, Leslie, and we have a moment. Leslie, what house is your, is it going from one to I, the other? I already talked, talked about talked it about, when, oh. when you were gone. Yeah. All right. Where's yours? Mine is in the ninth house now going into the eighth house. Yes, oh. ma'am. I'm down there with <laughs> my brothers, Castor and Pollux, Hades, a whole slew of people, and Anna going down <laughs> the morning star time. Hey, maybe one of these days we should have a whole show where we talk about all the, the archetypes that hang around with us. No. Ooh, yes. Okay. Well, thank you a thousand percent. And to our wonderful audience, 2022, we're going to 
Knock it out of the raft. park. Yeah, float our raft through the new channels. Okay, well, check us out. Subscribe. Keep peace. Keep love. And thank you, Leslie, and thank you, Laura, so much. Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway.